Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. I am Matt. With me is Jake. Joe's going to be coming in in a little You're bit. Listening to but, the um, we're really excited because podcast. we're rounding the off after of another week's worth of shows for the Dave Matthews Band Summer 2014 DMB Two Sets Tour. Um, and this is a special episode because one of our own, Mr. Jake, actually um, was at Atlanta and he did one of those last minute things, which I'm sure so many of you um, Dave fans are appreciative and, and understanding of. Um, Jake took a seven hour jaunt over to Atlanta. Jake, that doesn't uh, give away your location too, uh, too closely, does it? No, I think everybody knows I'm in Borneo anyway, so it's no big deal. <laughs> Not like uh, deep in the bowels of a nondescript uh, building, nothing like that? No, 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 never. <laughs> well, it's close enough. It is it is near Orlando, so probably not too far off. But um, speaking of that, you are the first uh, Ants staff member to uh, attend a show this tour. And uh, You know, Joe, Joe's been sick, or otherwise he would have been at all of them plus three. But uh, that's... A, yeah, this is yeah. the first time I think uh, any of us have ever beat Joe M to a show um, in any year ever. <laughs> I, I think you're so, probably right. So, hey, that's a feather in your cap. Tell, why don't you tell us about um, your experience at the show? Well, first, I, I want to say that when I when I saw it pop up, it was a very, very last-second thing, but I really wanted to go to a show because I had never been to a show in Georgia, for that matter, and, and, and obviously Atlanta is the big one, but I'm old enough to have an opportunity to go to the other shows, and, and I missed on a show in 1994 – uh, which I believe was seven twenty three ninety four, and I also missed on twelve twenty seven ninety five at the Omni, and that one kind of haunts me because Little Thing was played full band, and I mean I was right there at the Omni, and it was just a matter of do I want to stick around for twelve hours and wait for the show or drive back to Alabama, and I drove back to Alabama. So anyway, so my first show and and um, first time at Lakewood Amphitheater, it was actually a nice little amphitheater. I thought it was nice. It was. It was quaint. It was really, really easy to get in and out of. I mean, I thought it was just absolute cake. Just well, that's key. One that's, of that's, not a, that's not very common, so that's always nice. Yeah, I mean, compare that to uh, Bethel in 2012. and I, I mean, I still feel like I'm in line to get out of that place. Darien that Lake just, is another awful one. It, exactly. You know, the, the really bad ones stand out. So for that one, it was so simple, and it was right next to the highway, too, which is great. So basically, you pull out of there, you take a right, and you're directly on 85, and, or, or 75, rather, and you're just gone. So that was nice. And, and everybody, I don't know if any of you out there that aren't in Georgia listening to this, but people in Georgia are really nice. They're really, really friendly. I mean, even the homeless people were nice. It was one of those places. <laughs> well, I'm curious about that. And, and we were talking, um, I believe, last week about our uh, the differences in um, coastal crowd attitudes like SPAC versus the Gorge. Not necessarily versus, but just in contrast to the Gorge and West Coast crowds, more laid back. What? Where would you pin, uh, um, you know, the South? And not New York South like Florida, but the true South with Atlanta. Where are they in terms of their attitude or the crowd vibe that you got? Well, the thing that impressed me the most was the crowd was very knowledgeable of the songs. Um as you probably already know, most people out there already know, I'll Back You Up and Pay For What You Get both made their debuts in the acoustic set, and they both got a pretty good reaction. I would say Pay For What You Get was better known than I'll Back You Up, um, which may be a little surprising to the people out there listening that, you know, obviously you know both of them if you're listening to this thing. But 
Um, they really, I mean, the fans got it. The, the fans knew what was going on. Well over 98% of them understood that, that Dave Matthews band was the opening band and they were playing an acoustic thing. I mean, there was a few fans that were straggling in that were kind of shocked when they heard people talking about it, but they, they had a good knowledge of, of everything. And, and like I said, they were friendly. Everybody was nice. Everybody was really, really drunk, but everybody was really nice and, and, Overall, it was one of the better crowds that I've seen at a show. Um, a lot of dancing in the aisles, and, and I felt actually bad for the security, especially around where I was, because they were really trying to keep people under wraps. But it, it was well, a still bit letting of a them bad. have fun, right? Yeah, I mean, they really. I, this, the guy that was on our side was was a younger guy, and he was really trying to let people have fun. But at the same time, I mean, at one point, you know, like late in the show there was like 35 people all crunched in within the first three rows behind the pit just right there dancing and he was just kind of like okay look people you got to get out of here now you know this is crazy speaking of the pit did you get railed i did not get railed in fact that was the most packed rail i've ever seen a pit i've ever seen in my life i mean think of like a can of vienna sausages when you open it up and it was tighter than that I mean, it was, there was no room for anything. Was it a sausage I mean, fest is what you're saying? It was like, I mean, <laughs> crazy, crazy packed, like silly packed, like nothing you've ever seen before. Well, we it, all know you're was, not one for hyperbole, so I'm going to have to take your word for that one. I, I mean, I, I couldn't even, it was, it was, I'm trying to put it in perspective of another pit where I've seen um, it was smaller than the West Palm beach pit. So it was probably on the small side, as far as pits go Um, West Palm beach pit is not very big. Um, So it was, it was not a big pit and it was probably oversold. I don't Um, know. I've never understood how anybody can do the pit. Um, Maybe I'm just getting old, but I don't remember any time when, I would have rather had uh, a pit seat than than seats than reserve seats, basically because I like to know where I'm going to be. Um, if if I'm if I have pit seats, then I have to get in line again um, early. I can't tailgate really. I have to stand in line, and then the gates open. And I have to run in there and not in, and not even be sure I'm going to get a proper good quote unquote seat in the pit or a spot in the pit. That kind of uncertainty just gives me anxiety like you wouldn't believe so god bless the people who do the pit and it seems to be that everybody in there enjoys them um better them than me that's kind of my feeling on it i just i mean especially looking at that pit and it just was people were i mean people had their hands up in the air because they were so close to other people where they couldn't put their arms down to their sides i mean it was like nothing i've ever seen before but uh, something funny happened on the way in we were we were coming in um kind of took the back roads in because as you know, my mom was from Georgia, so I know the place like the back of my hand. So I was taking the back roads around to the amphitheater, and these guys were in a pickup truck. And they, everybody in the pickup truck had these sh- white T-shirts on that said, I with a little heart, Dave Matthews Band on it. And these two guys were sitting on the back of the pickup truck drinking a bottle of champagne, just passing it back and forth <laughs> each other, drinking it. And she turned in the venue. Obviously, there's a police officer there, you know, directing you in and as soon as the the guys in the back of the truck saw the cop they just put the bottle behind their back (laughs) i'm like 
Yeah, that that's going to do a lot of good right now. I mean, really. Did you happen that, to catch the brand of champagne? Was it wasn't like Dom or anything, was it? No, no, no. It was like Corbell or something oh. like that. It wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> anything that I would. You know, if they're if they catch this and they want to say what it is, it it may have been better than that, but it, it wasn't anything that I recognize. Well, let me tell you this: I've had them both, uh, lucky enough, and I would probably take fifteen bottles of the fifteen bottles of Corbell I could purchase for the price of one bottle of Dom. I would take the fifteen bottle uh, bottles of Corbell just for whatever reason. Maybe my palate for champagne is not that developed yet, but Dom is not worth what they charge for it. Not in my opinion. It's one of those things where you you know you have to try it once and then say, okay, now I've had it. Now I can tell everybody I've had it. But yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think I've had maybe two different bottles. I know I had an '86 once, and I don't know the year of the other oh one. My. And I mean, I could sit there and say, oh yeah, it was great. But I mean, you know, I had the '86 one probably in the '90s. So what was I going to say? That's a, that's the, the champagne never had. The benefits of being a baby boomer. You can you can say things like that. Thank you. Yes, I remember 1986. I remember it well. I, I was yeah. I was I was in high school and you were in diapers. I was going to say I had a great fifth birthday. <laughs> um, God, that's, so that's, that's... so how okay? So the show, the show. How uh, how was it? How did it sound? Especially the the two sets. I mean, a lot of people out there listening have probably already caught a show or two. So. They might they might not care um, to hear this part, but there are plenty of other people who haven't heard it yet. So, how about right from the horse's mouth? What was your experience, Jake? Well, uh, the thing that that I noticed was that the crowd was completely attentive. Everybody got it. Everybody was listening. I, I mean, I even turned around, walked a little bit out, wanted to see what was going on in the lawn, like a couple of guys did on the first show that were tweeting for us. And um, it was apparent to me that everybody was in. Everybody got it. It was completely perfect to them. They all understood. Some people in the lawn were sitting down. Where I was, everybody was standing up. I've read that there were pockets in um, in the crowd that were sitting down in the seats for, during the first set, which I think is perfectly fine. If you want to sit down for the first one, I would have rather enjoyed to sit down. But, you know, where, where I was, everybody was standing up and dancing, and, and everybody got it. The, the one thing that struck me a little bit was that, like, what would you say was one of the songs that was played and that was acoustic with like quotation marks because really the difference between that and the difference between the electric version were very very small i mean carter was essentially playing a regular drum the big difference was jeff played the flute in the jam instead of playing a saxophone so there wasn't a huge difference on that i mean Stefan was playing an acoustic bass. He wasn't playing the stand-up bass. He played that on Pay For What You Get. He played that on, on I'll Back You Up um, and also on Stolen Away. But he played an acoustic bass, which is you know just looked like a regular bass if he didn't know any better. So that, that kind of surprised me a little bit because I thought they were going to be – they were going to look a little bit different. I'd, I'd already heard a couple versions of them playing the earlier songs. But that, that was the one thing that stood out in my mind. I was like, hmm, that's, that's – kind of not what I was expecting. Well, that's what I, if I could jump in, Jake, that's what I was kind of, I don't know if the word's worried about, but was kind of concerned with when we were first talking, what's this going to be like? I was, I was worried that a lot of these songs weren't going to be a whole lot different, but it sounds like with the exception of what would you say? I was pretty, proven pretty wrong on that. Everything sounds pretty different acoustic. Yeah. I mean, it was, well, Tripping Billy's kind of sounded, I'm trying to, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of how to say this. 
Tripping Billies didn't sound like I expected it to sound. However, I have heard and listened to the Yoshi's tapes so many times that, you know, sometimes you get a little jaded on what you're going to hear. Um, the, like I was saying with the, the what would you say, I was kind of thinking, even though I'd heard a, a recordings of it before, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if they're going to slow it down like Dave used to do um, during the 1996 tour where he played like a slowed down bluesy version of it. Uh, and they didn't do that. So it still sounded fine. I still like the song. So, you know, it's not like I'm complaining over hearing it. It's just, it wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know what, uh, Jake, it's a probably a pretty good time to mention that our, uh, our good friend, Joe M has joined us. Joe, are you there? Joe, are you there? Well, looks like I'm cutting this out of the production, but he bailed. So, okay. He's very shy. I can't. He is. He can be. <laughs> All right. So I'm sorry to uh, sorry to uh, to jump out on you there, Jake. But um, we can get back to uh, the show. So so pay for what you get, and I'll back you up. Back to back. Was that? Did you get that stunned vibe sound? I, I mean, for, for me, I was just floored for, for, um, this is my 50th show and really it's my first, I'll back you up. Technically I've got two, but I saw a show in 1994 where it was played and I was long gone by the time it was played. So I can't really count that personally, but in my aunt stats, it'll say I've seen two. So for me, that was, that was a big thrill. I was like, okay, I finally got a chance to hear it. Um, and it's surprising how well, two slow soft songs work back to back acoustically everybody's completely in it there's no drifting of people um like you would find a little later on in the electric set um it's just people are there people get it and i think that was something that very that was impressive to me just that everybody got it well i think that's what i was i was bringing up in an earlier episode this summer was that i i think not that I'll back you up or pay for what you get would be a problem for people, but I still think it wipes the slate clean and allows you to have a, a different level of tolerance for certain types of songs. Like three slow songs in the row in the electric set would probably drive most fans crazy, but in the acoustic set, it's more of a laid back, you know, acoustic style, I suppose, right? And, and I'm much more amenable to, to hearing some slower, jazzier songs. Um, and, and not necessarily needing the, the adrenaline rush during the acoustic set of it. Well, it's funny you mention that because just a, about an hour after they played those, maybe a little bit more than that, they played Proudest Monkey, Satellite, and if only Back to Back to Back. And, um, you know, those are three slower songs. And, you know, Proudest Monkey still gets people like that. Sat- you know, Satellite always going you know, to have people screaming for Satellite. But, um I was actually happy that If Only got a um, a fairly positive reaction, which is a lot more positive than I thought it was going to be. Because I actually like that song. I think it's a pretty good song. And, and um, it went over a little. Uh, no, uh, If Only. Oh, If Only. Sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've. Uh, I've got enough Proudest Monkeys in me. I, me too. I was. I was. I was feeling it a lot in 2010. Really, really liked them in 2010. We got that one in uh, in Charlottesville, as you well recall, in, in 2010. And I was like, okay, I've got it. I'm over my, my proudest monkey itch well, now. Well, you know you're going to get Satellite with it. And not that Satellite's not a good song, but it's also one of the, you know, just like Proudest Monkey, I've had my fill of it, and now I not only get one, but it's a twofer, and it's going to eat up ten minutes of the set. 
that that's kind of my thing on it. And, and to be completely candid, I've never been a satellite fan from the beginning. Never really liked oh, the song. Oh, I see. Um, so yeah, so for just hearing Prodigy Monkeys, just like oh god, you know, now I got to hear stupid satellite, and everybody's got to look up and down and all around and all that jazz. <laughs> But that's just me. People like it's fine. You can look up. You can look well, down. You can look all around. It's okay. Ultimately, I don't think it's any of our business either way. Eh, but yeah, I'm you sure. can look. <laughs> oh God, Joe, are you in with us? To, I need somebody to pile on Jake with me. I'm late to the party, but I'm here. Oh, that's what I like to hear. There we go. Let's start. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. We're now. We're not gonna really start. Um, no, you didn't we, miss anything. We were just, uh, yeah, we were just BSing, and Jake was uh, basically uh, killing time telling us about his experiences at Atlanta. But ultimately, from what I gather, um, you really enjoyed it and were pleasantly surprised by the uh, engagement of the crowd. I, I was. I, I was. I was very happy with the crowd. I was very happy with the set, even though um, by hardcore fans' standards, it was derailed late in the show with a with an ending that uh, a lot of people don't want to hear um but you know i was still happy with the show overall i i liked it um i know we talked about this uh in in the last uh podcast about how everybody hates um shake me like a monkey now and i can tell you that the atlanta crowd wasn't much different than everybody else out there i mean it seemed like they they closed the set with it and people were just like okay i'm out of here and i noticed that some fans stuck around and the show actually ended about 10:48 somewhere around there so that's 12 minutes of time left over for another song and and those that have been to a lot of shows know that usually the band plays up to 11 and sometimes even a little more so there were still fans sticking around thinking they were going to slide in another song at the end but uh, they did not well, that did, was it did you see did you see the uh the the what do you want what do we call it, the show flow graph for that show? Um, I don't think I looked at it after I entered my stats, but if you will let me talk slowly while I maneuver to the page. Oh no, no worries. I'll I'll start going for you while you get there. But um, the show starts out just the acoustic set is off the charts. It is almost universally acclaimed. It's almost right up at the positive one on average for everybody. Um. Stolen away. I mean, here we go with the. It's been seven shows, and probably people are already sick of stolen away, regardless of the fact that it works really well acoustically. Um, but, I, I, I was going to say. I mean, it sounds good. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It, it sounds good. I I actually gave it a zero because I, I wasn't crazy about the tail end of it as much as I love Rashawn. Um, I just re- the tail end of it really got a little sublime for me. But it absolutely works. So I mean, I, it really, it really does. I mean, that dips down, and it's still a positive point five. So it's still, it's still liked. Um, and then it shoots right back up and essentially pins at one for the remainder of the acoustic set. It starts to dip down. Proudest Monkey and Satellite dip. No surprise there. Um, if only is not really well loved. There, Drive and Drive Out is ex- is very popular. Um, as a squirm and say goodbye. And then the show goes in the tank. It goes well, down. Actually, Go ahead. I'm sorry, but you were saying squirm, but squirm is actually on the downside. Oh, you're right. You're um, right. That's say yeah, goodbye. That, to, yeah, that, say goodbye. That's a popular one. Yeah, that's something I noticed. It's just, but yeah, I was surprised by that. Good, but yeah, say good goodbye. Old, good old say Jimmy goodbye. thing. Right. Jimmy thing takes a dive, 
It comes back up temporarily for um, Gray Street and the needle and the damage done. And then absolutely goes underwater with Shake Me Like a Monkey. And that whether you were there or you weren't there, you hated it, apparently. A negative .81 out of... The worst you can get is a negative one. Yes. So that's... That's that's got to be the lowest we've probably seen a rating for. Now yeah. that's for and that's for people. That's for everybody. And um, the even actually people that weren't at the show actually had it at only point negative six six. So that means um, <laughs> attend yeah attended users point oh my gosh negative point nine one three. That's about as close to negative one as you can get. Yeah, and that's for people that were at, were at the show. So they must have so went that- home in a great mood. You know, but the show was good. I mean, it really, it was really good. It was, I mean, it's got a, it's got a nice rating at Ants right now at, at, at the time of this, because, you know, it fluctuates with how many people vote. It's sitting at 4.25, which is completely respectable. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I would see a 4.25 show every time if I could. Um, it's just the, the, the strangest thing, you know, Jimmy thing started. And, and if you go over to the, to the uh, download section, just, download the show or even just download that jimmy thing you have to hear the crowd moan (laughs) just like oh when it starts can i can i take some credit for that (laughs) well the the funny thing was that dave didn't sing so when he didn't sing the first verse it was like oh okay hey if we're gonna do this let's all just jump into it and start singing along and it sort of turned the mode of the song and the song really turned and people got into it. So I was I was kind of laughing. I was like, boy, maybe that's the trick. Just don't sing. And everybody <laughs> will start jamming to it a little bit. I mean, you know, yeah. it really, that's. But but the, one of the things that really, Jimmy started going down for me in the early 2000s. Um, it just got really bloated. And one of the things that drove me crazy, and I know a lot of the crowd, at least initially, really liked this about what Dave was doing. But that whole scat thing, I can't stand it. It might work one out of ten times, uh, you know, randomly on some song, but the this Jimmy thing was the worst offender of it, and he did it every time, and it just turned into garbage, in my opinion. And and uh, I actually wanted him to start singing more. Where just that, you know, the scat stuff just really, really never clicked with me. And Jimmy was really the first song that he started doing that on, and maybe that was part of it for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, just my take back to the Atlanta show, if I didn't know any better and I saw this set and the way that it ended, I would think my synopsis would be Carter has an issue. Carter is sick. Carter has got an, in, you know, is sore or something because Dave's solo song to the, probably one of the fat, one of the fastest songs that DMB can play. And they end 12 minutes early. Um, to me, it seems like they're trying to get off the stage quickly. And it um, doesn't seem like Dave, because Dave did a solo song. So somebody else in the band, and I, the only other one I can think that now, is that critical is Carter. No, that's, no, because they've done it every night. Was it hot, every night they Was have, it hot down there? It, it's Atlanta. It's always hot. I mean, you know, I'm used to seeing shows in West Palm Beach in July. So, I mean, I was ready to wear a sweater there. But, I mean, it was 88 that day. It was, like, down in the, uh, probably about... 70 somewhere around there by uh by the time the sun went down i mean it was yeah i was comfortable i didn't have any problems but no i don't think it's that it's just that's what they've done every show i don't think you can say any they haven't added anything they haven't added an extra song a lot of shows this this year have ended early it's just they're kind of sticking with the set and that's all there is to it the thing that's that you're going to notice though and remember this you spack people is 
they didn't take the stage until 729 and it's supposed to be 7 or 715 as uh, the word was getting around in the crowd people were saying no they're actually taking the stage at 715 but they took it at 729 and, and Dave made a couple jokes about he's got people there if you don't know his wife's from the area or something like that so I mean he does have people there I guess but they took the stage pretty late so keep that in mind you're going to see I think that progress as, as we go further on in the tour what time did you say they came out about 7:29 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Wow, that's kind of annoying when they say on stage at seven and then you know off at 8:15, back on at 8:45. Did the second set start still start at quarters to nine? Actually, it did. The um, they were done at 8:16, I believe, um, with stay, and they were back on at 8:48. So, so 45 minute acoustic set. Uh, yeah. Roughly. That's about, I think they've all been about that, somewhere between 42 and 48 minutes or so. Something hmm. like that. Right around there. It's, it's like seven miles on the elliptical, if you're scoring at home. Ah, uh, that's your scale. <laughs> My scale. That's when it's, it's, when it's time to get off. When the acoustic set's done, that's it. I'm done. It's just perfect timing for me. That's why I like them. It's like, hey, you know. Keep going at them. Well, I'm I'm glad you made it, Jake. And and Joe, you're you're finally here to catch it. We were giving you a little a little hell about uh, the first time a non-Joe Ant has ever made it to a show before you to kick off a tour. Mm, wow. <laughs> no, admin wise. Yeah, I think we need to to question Joe's health, Jake. I mean, if if he's going <laughs> to call Carter on the carpet, I think we should uh, wonder what's wrong with him for not being at every show plus one so far. <laughs> I, I do have to give it this is this is one of the latest later starts um to a tour but um yeah i'm getting ready i'm ready for this weekend ready for spac ready yeah. to bring it we got a it's a new level for spac anybody who follows us on instagram uh and twitter noticed we put a picture up at just just today for or yesterday uh, when was it last night i think on instagram a picture uh, a black and white picture <laughs> of saratoga performing arts center with only the caption soon and uh fans of jake's writing will certainly appreciate that but uh that's been a real popular picture for us on instagram it's pretty cool so if you haven't if you haven't already followed us on there follow us um the name's ants marching org no dot no dot no dot leave off the extra dot for savings mm-hmm. yes. you know it so so uh joe speaking of that since we uh since we got the um we got a 40 t's in tulsa we got pay for what you get and I'll back you up in Atlanta. What are you thinking is going to be uh, the the debut song in the acoustic set for SPAC this weekend? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. That's a good question. What would it, what will it be? Well, just to prompt you a little bit, I you know, I'm one of those people that still plays words with, words with friends, by the way, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. I like words. No problem. And I was talking with one of, one of my friends who's a DMB fan, and she mentioned how um, she was really hoping for Lover Lay Down in Birmingham. And that kind of made me think. I was like, you know, there's another song that would work perfectly in the acoustic set. So I wonder if that's something that's out there. Um, Cry Freedom, if you listen in on the Atlanta tape at the beginning, you almost call that a Cry Freedom tease. In fact, I'm probably going to list that in the Tour Central as a cry freedom tease because it's all around it right before recently starts so i wonder if that's next up on the agenda 
I'd take it. Or, uh, yeah, I'll bet. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe you can get like an, an, I did, it would be nice. Maybe that would be good for you. Maybe angel acoustically think about that. That spec kids would love that. <laughs> really break, really, um, really pushing the limits with that one. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the most likely is. I would like something really out of the, out of a uh, uh, field. I mean, uh, those I would say those are somewhat um, maybe sound, would sound good acoustically or just predictably uh, good for maybe for uh, maybe a, like a maybe like a let you down, which is something that seems like it would just be a natural for um, a natural for an acoustic set. That would be nice, wouldn't it? cool um i expect 40 simply because typically the band does not come out of absolute nowhere with with rare songs usually they do the tease game a little bit um i know that we've gotten a 40 at spec in recent years um but that hasn't really seemed to have any bearing on what the band plays it's not like oh we're you know 40 super rare but we played it at spec three years ago so we're not going to play it they don't seem i haven't really noticed that kind of pattern so that does not rule out 40 for me at spec and since they teased it um in tulsa i say it's if i have to put my money on it it's probably it's probably the best odds of out of all the rare songs to come next i I could i could see that i mean i i see what you're saying that that certainly seems to be uh the history of the band, like you were saying, they'll tease something and it'll pop up. And it, like you said, it does have the history there. In fact, that was released on um, one of the warehouse discs um, a few years back, which incidentally, I still don't have my disc um, in the mail. So oh. if you're listening warehouse people, let's get on the ball here a little bit. Later. Don't have mine either. So could use it also. I have mine. Yeah, you that makes oh, well, a lot of sense ridiculous. given that I'm out on the West coast, right? Exactly. Maybe they send them um, by your warehouse number. I know I have an early number. I don't know about you guys, but it might be that. You, you think? I'm a, I'm a I'm a day one warehouse person or something like that. Day two. Oh, that doesn't make any I'm, sense. That doesn't then. Yeah, yeah. I'm way up there. I but you know I I just think it's one of those random things where just sometimes they go out in random order. I just I, like to uh, complain I, about things. I think it's because we mentioned Boyd and the uh, possible health issues, and I think you're blackballed now. You're done. Yeah, even though I'm the one that didn't say anything. <laughs> you are blo- you are blocked from warehouse CDs. Yep, by association. <laughs> I knew it. Hey, what do you say we I take a, a couple minute break here? We'll come back. Joe's got some cool things to talk about with the setlist game. I like it because it's kind of like a sporting season where we can talk about the current standings and uh, any drama, any trades happening, any injuries, disabled lists. Oh, I'm sorry, Jake. No, can't go there. But at least the standings, the the win loss, and the points. Um, so we got some stuff like that to talk about. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in just a moment.
And welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Uh, we are here full bore with Jake and Joe. Um, we, we're having a decent technical night now that we've got everyone together. So we're glad you're with us, Ants Plusers. Thanks for being on with us live and listening and watching and tolerating, essentially. That's probably the, the key word there. Um, but yeah, we, so we talked about the uh, the tour so far, well, the, the last week, essentially. Um, three more shows in the books. Two of them on... Uh, the antsmarching.org download area, the the latter two. I forgot to mention this. Um, I wanted to bring this up in the first part of the show, but I guess no no better time than the present. Tulsa has not been posted. Now, background disclaimer, um, taping rules, you're not supposed to ask for a show um, sooner than two weeks after it has happened. And this is not an ask, but um, our tapers are just so fantastic about getting getting shows out um, and getting them out quickly. We did see a couple shows not make it out uh, last summer, and it is Oklahoma, which I wouldn't... If I had to cons- you know, name hotbeds of Dave Matthews Band uh, fanatics, I probably wouldn't have Oklahoma up there at the top of the list. Um, so was, well, was the show was taped? There was a taper. There was. There, there was a taper, and rumors um, swirled about that, and I don't really want to speculate on what it was but apparently it was taped so i mean you know hopefully it'll, it'll make it out one day um but that's about the best we can come up with so far it's it's surprising nowadays because everything it seems like everything in the universe is recorded or archived or captured and it and it's just funny to think that modern day with the technology we have and the the fan base that this band has that a modern show would go "Quote unquote lost," essentially, you know, unrecorded or not, you know, not captured for for eternity or for historic, you know. Well, that would be the fan recording, and nothing would be happier probably by management than to have a recent show that isn't taped by the fans that they could um, they could release to the masses. So, I mean, that it's definitely recorded. We got you got the you got the band and the crew recording every night. It's just a matter of if they release it or not. Yeah, but. But that's happened before. I mean, that was the the um, Memphis show from uh, 2008 wasn't recorded, and that was allegedly a very good show, and it still hasn't made it out, and management still hasn't released it. So, you know, maybe one day that'll make it out. But I know that one, for a fact, was not re- was not recorded by fans, and I want to say it was a few last year yeah, and, and a few two. in 2012. At least two. <clears throat> well, I suppose yeah, you I- could always slam that live tracks vote button on our. Uh- and the page in Tour Central for the shows that have not made it out, and maybe uh, Red Light will take notice and, and give us a live tracks release. That would be nice. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, Memphis show now. I know it was crazy hot. I remember I had a friend that uh, went to that show and said it was like 195 degrees there or something like that. Uh, it did have a Willy Digger, which um, is sometimes a little shaky. But um, it's a pretty good show, actually. Burn Down the House, which I like, 41... Sledgehammer, everybody likes Sledgehammer, right? How about a little uh, Smooth Rider? (laughs) I hope somebody threw glasses on the stage. (laughs) Well, Um, what we were going to kick off the second segment with was the uh, the set list game. And uh, we went back and did a little research. And I think Joe said in a past podcast recently here that he believes we had started doing the set list game right about when we kicked off the site in 2002. And I don't think you know if if you had to put a gun to my head and say put money on it i would have said 2005 maybe 
Well, we went back, and the very first tour that we did the setlist game for was the Dave Matthews Band Spring 2002 tour. So that's pretty much right after we opened the site. Um, I don't remember. I programmed the first iteration of the setlist game. I don't remember doing it that early. I, I thought that it was well into at least the second iteration design of the site, like version two. No, that's a version one feature. Uh, so pretty cool. Um, Joe's been doing a lot of the two sets modifications, which are not trivial. Uh, I'm certain that took quite a bit of work. Um, knowing just knowing how it, what a pain it was to program it for one set. <laughs> uh, the two sets had a, had almost involved a rewrite. So, um, Joe, good on you. First of all, I really appreciate that. It's uh, it's it's just a part of the site that that we got a pretty good good set of users and and, and community people that just like playing the game and um, um, didn't want to didn't want to ruin that. It's it's a summer tradition and wanted to keep it going. So took the time, spent a couple couple uh, couple nights and put in the time to do uh, two sets. Added a little twist to it. So I'm glad we can offer the game with a little bit of a new twist this this year. This well, tour. it's it's heated right now, isn't it? I I think we got a real tight race at the top. Yeah, right now we got Jack seven two three eight at one hundred and fifty one points, which is only one point above Penguin MRD at one hundred and fifty points. And so, I mean, first place is a hundred fifty one, tenth place is one hundred thirty six. So, um, pretty close match all the way across. I mean, just one one extra spot, and you could be um, some of those some of those people at top ten could get up to. Yeah, uh, it looks like you can have one hot one hot um, show. And really leap. I, I was looking at Jack, the leader right now, yep. Jack's picks, and uh, his first two shows he scored twenty one points apiece. His next two shows he went forty and forty two, and then back down to twenty seven. So this he's riding a couple of real hot shows. Whereas our second place um, member right now, um, Penguin, is more balanced. His high is thirty seven. His low is twenty four. So he's he's a little bit more measured. But it just goes to show you you can ride one or two hot shows and really jump up in the charts. Yep, yep. And now that we have um, five shows under our belt, um, hopefully over the next week, which won't be this weekend because I will be at SPAC, um, but I will start adding um, top ten ranking for just those that have only played five shows. Um, Best five show score. Um, So it's not too late to join. You don't have to play the full tour and try to be um, the top of the entire tour. If you just want to play some select shows, just be really good at the select ones, and you can make the top ten list on as little as five shows. Yeah, and we'll be we're you know we're not quite sure how it's going to shake out yet, but historically we've given away um, some stuff, whether it's merchandise or you know copies of the shows of that tour on uh, on. CD over the over the course of the years we've given away some stuff so we haven't decided or landed on what that will be but the winners of of those things basically you know the top score for the five shows minimum the winner overall we just know that the prizes are there to be had so um it's not too late to jump in and and play yep yeah, and so we had one little takeaway from our podcast last week, and uh, just kind of came up as like, you know what? We've been doing this for a while. I wonder who the all-time high scorer is for the setless game. Well, we crunched the tally, we done the numbers, we took hours and hours and hours. Not really, and we've determined who the number one all-time scoring setlist player is on the site. Actually, we figured out who the top ten are, but I would like to give a big giant shout out with sixteen thousand six hundred and eighty-two points 
to Jep Ho forty one. J A P A H O forty one. Congrats with that's amazing. Sixteen thousand points. Do you know how to pronounce it, wait- Jake? I was waiting for you to read that name because there's nothing more awkward than reading usernames or Twitter names and saying <laughs> And just looking at that first one, I was just like, oh, this is going to be just the greatest of all. Yeah, we're going to have Joe read off birthdays in the next podcast to sneak him some choice names. <laughs> birthdays? Oh, oh yeah. Who's, who's, whose birthday is on the day? Oh, geez, that'll be crazy. <laughs> you see really crazy usernames. But um, yeah, congrats to uh, JAPAHO41. Congrats on the, the most points uh, ever on the Sus game. Close second, um, 16,023, is um, Ant's Frequenter Crush Live in second there. So that's pretty nice. That's pretty good. Frequenter. Um, and then just rounding out the uh, top 10, it's. Um, oh, geez, I don't know how to pronounce it. I move you. Mufu is uh, number three. Um, HBK Tony B at um, number four. Heartbreak Kid. Um, yeah. The Warehouse 418. Then uh, TR The Game 53. Ants Dancing 1. DM Fan 100. There's another long timer. And You Seek Up an Emotion. Um, congrats. I think that's everybody. Um, I like that last name. That's a, pre- that's a pretty creative name. You Seek Up an Emotion. You know, battling the character limits, being creative like that. You know, another one that just signed up recently, Aunt's Marching. You guys noticed that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or tremendous. Basically, ants, but spelled like your your aunt. Oh, I thought that was tremendous. That's that's my new favorite user. So, So congrats to those that um, are all time uh, set list top scorers. Probably have to keep that um, keep that tally running over the years. Maybe in a place where you can view it, view the top ten. But uh, thanks for playing. Thanks for the for the longevity from you guys. And like I said, never too late to start and jump in now. Well, this been, year, this is the year to get to gain a lot of points. It's been twelve years. What do you think, Joe, about doing something like a uh, and setless game Hall of Fame, where you know the record for most points in a show. Or, you know, like, you know, I think we could do a Hall of Fame and we can uh, have winners from each year get inducted into it and things like that. I, I think that might be a good idea. There you go. I like it. Yeah, we can have a little Hall of Fame top 10 list of all time. And like you said, yeah, best single show. Come up with some other kind of most spots um, ever. Um, Just so you know, we can start fresh. There will be testing for steroids and performance enhancing drugs. Yes. So, um, you know, you Barry Bonds of the DMV Setlist game, get out. Not not welcome, not interested. Yeah, any cheaters. Which, yeah, which incidentally, we know when the game doesn't lock up when it's not supposed to. So, yeah, we do throw those set lists out. And it usually happens about once a year where one game just won't be scored because something will mess up with the flux capacitor. And the next thing you know, someone will go, oh, I'm just going to change all my picks and make it to the entire show that just got played. So when that happens, we just toss it. Yeah, that one time the Gahoxa Hogan got mixed up with the Framistan, it threw everything off, and we had to we had to ditch the scores. It was I remember because it was reconciliating all at the wrong gigawatt. Actually, so reticulating splines and all over the place. I hate when that happens. Joe is so confused right now. I am I'm completely puzzled. <laughs> I thought this is how I thought that's how it normally worked. 
<laughs> well, I wanted to um, mention a few other uh, site features in Remind. Um, our downloads area is is off and running for the tour. All the all the shows that have been posted, save for the Tulsa one this year, are up there. They're um, they're available to download. They're completely free. Don't ever pay for live Dave Matthews Band music it, unless it is a live tracks release from the band. Um, so 1994, 1997, I just uploaded a bunch of shows from those two years. If um, if you're into the old sound of the band or curious or how different they sound 20 years ago, go grab some of those 94 shows. And um, 97 is a great year because it is um, right before, before these crowded streets come out. So you might have an opportunity to catch an early crush if you download some Dave and Tim stuff. Uh, really interesting time for the band. So definitely grab some of those shows. Uh, we are also on Stitcher now. The AntsMarching.org podcast is on Stitcher. Uh, Jake was asking what it was, um, and I wasn't all that familiar until recently. It's Apparently it's a pretty popular uh, mobile app. It's free, but it's uh, very much akin to the uh, iTunes podcast app, where it's essentially a podcast directory. Um, and doesn't mean if you're on iTunes, you should go over to Stitcher or vice versa. You can get the podcast, the same podcast in both places. But if you're already a Stitcher user, a Stitcher fan, we're now in their catalog. So go ahead and, and subscribe and favorite us in Stitcher um, if you want, which would be really cool. And again, we're on Instagram at AntsMarchingOrg. Um, so check us out there. Joe, I don't know um, how the cell phone coverage is going to hold up for you. It's back this weekend. But uh, hook us up, man, and log in and post some really cool photos from the shows. We got, we got a number of us there um, that will hopefully be uh, manning, manning the social webs for you guys, keep you posted on what we see different, what's new, what's hot, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted. Awesome. So we have our little notepad up here that Joe, Jake, and I collaborate on, and I just got a note bolded by Jake here. Uh, so I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Um, I've been remiss in mentioning this because the plans for the future are not yet set in stone. Um, there's certainly a goal, but I don't want to be held to any dates or timelines, essentially. What's happening is the Ants Tour Central app for iPhone uh, has a bug in it if you log out. And it has to do with the fact that it was written originally for an older version of iOS and the later versions of the development kit to write apps don't support the older version. And to fix the old Ants Tour Central app and enable you to log in if you haven't logged in already would require so much effort on an old version that, and this is the kind that I don't want to talk too much about, it's better to use my efforts to write a new app, a proper Ants app. Agreed. That's under development right now. When's it coming out? I don't know. Yesterday. I, I wish. I just don't know. There's a lot of work. I've been working with Joe a little bit on it. We're just kicking around ideas. The list keeps growing. There has been work done already on it. There's some prototypes, but it's very young right now. The goal is to get it out as soon as possible, um, but please don't ask because I just don't know. Um, there's a lot going on, and unfortunately, it's just not. it doesn't take precedence over my job, things like the podcast right now, things like that. Ultimately, we're going to be releasing uh, a new app. The Ants Tour Central app, if you have it installed on your phone, don't log out of it. Everything should work just fine at that point. If you log out, you will no longer be able to log back in and get your personal stats. You should be able to um, still browse Tour Central and check out all the shows. Um, 
in terms of the Ants Tour Essential app on the iTunes Store, I pulled it as of a couple months ago. Because of these problems, I don't want anybody buying an app that has known issues. So we pulled it from the store. If you've already purchased it, of course, you can um, still download it if you've uninstalled it. But um, it's no longer available for purchase anymore. So um, there will be a new Ants iPhone app sometime. I won't even say soon, but somewhat soon. So... Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about because Jake forced me to. <laughs> I just I, the, the the kids have been tweeting at the Twitter, so I just thought we would just tweet the Twitter twitty. Yeah. Tweet. Secondarily, um, I know there's a lot of Android phones out there, and I'm sorry for all of your losses for those who use it. But um, being only one person developing, uh, it's hard enough to write an entire app all by yourself for one platform. For two, um, it's just it's really tough. And whereas the DMB Live Setlist app for Android, it, it's a fairly simplistic app. The Ants app that we're writing now is much more ambitious, um, and it's probably not going to be something that's going to come out for Android at least anytime soon. Um, I just I don't believe there's enough hours in a day to maintain two platforms of a, of a complex app. So it will likely be only iOS uh, available for iOS only. So I'm sorry about that, Android users. But uh, you've got bigger problems than missing an Ants app if you're on Android anyway. <laughs> Spoken sorry. like a true Apple snob. Hey, <laughs> I used Apple far before the iPhone came out. So you can't call me a fanboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I used an Apple IIe before when you, when you were like two. So, baby boomer. That's like that's that's hipster for you right there. <laughs> before it was cool. Yes. Well, good on you. So, so yeah, um, Joe. Do you have any uh, anything to add there? Um, no, I we have some really great ideas for the app, and uh, I am more than excited to put it in. I have purchased a computer which nobody buys computers anymore everyone buys tablets or iphones and all that stuff i have purchased a new computer to help facilitate the collaboration of the new ants app so um, lots of great ideas we have high expectations of ourselves and uh stay tuned i like that that's a good tease joe so do you want to take one more short break and then jump on to the uh the um, ants questions for the uh, for the podcast. Does anybody have anything else to add before we dump to another break? Uh, actually, no, if you don't mind, I would like to take a short break and then go to questions after that. Well, that's a great idea, Joe. Thanks for bringing that up. No problem. Awesome. Right, we'll take a break. We'll be back just in a couple <laughs> minutes. Right after these words. Good one. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to the AntsMarchy.org podcast. We're, we're just picking on each other over here. Joe wants something stated for the record. He thinks it would sound really cool to have good, good time played acoustically. So essentially, he wants credit if they do play it, and he wants no blame if they don't. So let's all remember that for Joe. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Ritteru asks, Ants Marching, Deer Creek used to be at the Gorge Alpine level, even getting three-night uh, uh, three stands in 99 and 2000. Why is it just another stop now? Jake, what do you think? Yeah. Well, um, well, first off, it's Alpine doesn't even have a show this year, so they've got that going for them, which is nice. And Columbus um, to get two shows to open the tour, and they have zero shows now. Right, you know, and, and you know, they used to play Giant Stadium twice and three times. It just, I, I think things just change, and and it's just a, the dynamic of it. And, and really, the, the gorge is more of like a mecca, really. I mean, that's that's sort of different. So really, that three-night stand doesn't count. I, I just think that that's just the way that the time is with the band. I mean, it's still a great venue, and it's something that I always see pop up on the boards when people talk about it. You know, it's amazing that Deer Creek doesn't even have a release yet. So that's kind of surprising with all the great shows that have popped through there through the years. I think last year was awesome. We got um, Spoon with, uh, what's her name? Oh, is that Brandy? Yeah, Brandy. Yeah, with Brandy. It's on the uh, warehouse disc that you and I do not have yet. Oh, are you serious? That's on there? Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to it on loop just because I know you guys don't have it. (laughs) Thank you. It's, it's, It's even better knowing you haven't heard it. (laughs) <laughs> the moment that we the moment that we get it, he just throws it in the trash. Actually, I haven't listened to it yet, but now that I know that Spoon's on there and you haven't heard it, and I'm I'm gonna fall asleep to it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So Tyler at DMB forty one PSU, go uh, go. What is it? Nittany Lions. Is yeah, Nittany Lions? Lions. Ants marching. What song that hasn't been played on tour yet? Do you want to hear during the acoustic set? Gee, Joe, what do you want to hear? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe good, good time. <laughs> oh, I should have. Oh, we should have timed that much better. <laughs> Still amateur. We'll get better. I promise. I promise. Uh, how about you, Matt? Um. Oh, I'm going way out on a limb because was it Boyd or Stefan that said uh, Monkey Man was a possibility? I think it was Stefan. Hey, he's the one who said it, so I'm going to hold him to it. I want to hear Monkey Man. But uh, I suppose it was pretty acoustic on the Lily White session, so I don't really think there's. I don't think we'd be missing much hearing it, and it, missing much. I mean, we've never heard it. Period. So, who's to say, you know, they'd be losing anything? But um, yeah, I want Monkey Man. I don't care where they play it. I don't care if it's sound checked, as long as someone sneaks in and hears it. There you go. What about you? Jake? I want Jimmy Thing. Jimmy Thing is the best song they do acoustically, and people hate it now in the electric set. Play Jimmy Thing acoustically. People will love it. It sounds fantastic. Jimmy Thing. What if it's a – it's got to be like five minutes so, right? Like really compact. No, it's, it's, it's Jimmy Thing, and they go into the What Will Become of Me, which is the PMP for those right. that don't know. Right. Um, and it's like – you know, between seven and nine minutes, it's basically the same length as two step is now in the acoustic set. So Twins, it, it works tw- out perfect. Oh, on the acoustic set, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so that's all I want. Was... I mean, it, it, this, 
the song is hated so much now, and it's so not fair. It's actually a good song, but we're all sick of it. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it, Matt. You're really sick of it. But it's just, it's a good song. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a shame that, you know, like I said, in Atlanta, people are like, oh, God. I mean, you can hear the moan in the crowd, just the ugh. I know I had homework to listen to those shows before this podcast, and I didn't. I didn't listen to them, but now, without question, I'm going to go back and listen because I, I have to hear that. Well, you can download them at uh, antsmarching.org over in the uh, little button at the um, in the message board. Did you know that? Really? Yes. Oh, to think all this time I have not been promoting it on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. Uh, it's cool to see our, uh, speaking of Twitter and Facebook, it's cool to see the On This Day and the uh, the full sets when they're posted. The images are getting a lot of love that uh, that we put out. Basically, we, we generate and, and put the uh, the set on a, on a graphic of the band, which uh, it was getting a lot of love. So it's cool to see that out there that you guys like that and responding well. Yeah, thanks. All right. Well, uh, yeah. J- Joe just highlighted a question that I that I liked. I'm glad. I'm glad you went there, Joe. Um, so, uh, Rob uh, Robbie Idol asks, "Ants Marching." I've always been curious. How involved is Dave and the band in selecting shows for live releases? Jake. Well, um, I remember a, a few years ago. I, I don't remember exactly when it was, but a fan ran into Dave someplace and, and either had a copy of the latest live track or mentioned that they just had finished listening to the live track and Dave's reaction was something along the lines of what? So, you know, it, it would seem based on that, that maybe their influence is not great. However, I mean, at the same time, I, I have to think that ultimately it is their band. And I think obviously things have to run through them. So at some point they have to look at it and at least say, this is what's coming out. Now they might not remember it when somebody sticks a, a, a disc in their face and asks them to sign it. But I think that at some point they have to know everything that's coming out, how much attention they pay to it. I, I have no idea. You know, they, they've got other things going on. Uh, here's the, here's, here's their involvement. They play a show and they say at the end of the show, they go, that is an awesome one. That should be one on the short list, and they don't. They don't see it after that point. That 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 their love for the show or their like for a particular show just gets documented and then gets reviewed by those that make the final decision. And I don't think that they make the they don't make the final decision. They just kind of take, hey, this was a this was a band or crew favorite from the 2011 tour, and that's what, how it made the short list. And I'm going to even go on further on the other side of that and say that I doubt that they have much input at all. If any, if any, I would, I think the band's been touring for over 20 years now. Clearly the energy that they have to dedicate, they dedicate to the show on the stage. I think in terms of managing and running the day to day and making those kind of decisions, I highly doubt that any of them bother with anymore. And that's not a knock. That's not to say they don't care. It's just something that, at this point, they're going out there and giving it all every night on the stage for the fans, and I pr- that's probably where it ends in terms of those kind of decisions. I would say, Jake, you want to slam dunk that, or are you gonna you say maybe maybe not? No, I, I, I no, I, I kind of agree with you, but I, I think at the same time, I, I just I'm just assuming that everything has to eventually go through them. I mean, ultimately, it is the band 
it's their music. So, you know, I, I, maybe they, maybe a show could be set for release and, and one of them could go, Oh wait, I don't want to do that. I, I remember we all got food poisoning after the show or something. I'm just, you know, making something up, but I, you know, I don't know what could cause them not to say not to release a show, but I think everything's got to go through them. Now it might just be a rubber stamp and just go, yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't care. But I think they have to know. Right, right. I, I just, I can't imagine them not knowing something's going through, even if it's just a, a passing mention as they're walking toward the stage. Oh, by the way, we're going to release everything from Remember Two Things. Have fun. <laughs> well, I think we got time for one more question. Um, we got Zach at DMV Zeppelin who asked a question. He says, Ants, when will we release the Ants podcast on vinyl? So hmm. I will say this. I, I, I think that would be a first. I think it would genuinely be a first for a podcast to be released on vinyl. I think there's all kinds of distribution challenges involved with that. Uh, and the medium doesn't allow for long-winded uh, content. So we might have to go double vinyl, like double 180-gram releases. Um, we'd have to cut up segments. Uh, I don't know. Joe, what do you I, think? I actually have the answer to this. The podcast that we'll make out on vinyl is our 500th podcast. You'll see that on vinyl. Watch it for a store near you. <laughs> Already in the works. Or we're just we're just building up to it. We're only 465 episodes away. It's coming, guys. It's coming. Hey, if you extrapolate our current trend and pace of podcast releases, we'll be there sooner than you'd think. Sooner than you'd think. <laughs> before before we retire. Who retires first, the band or us? In that case, <laughs> we do we do two hundred of uh, two hundred podcasts of nothing just so we can get to five hundred and release it on vinyl. Two hundred minute long podcast, the intro and the outro bumper. That's it. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, okay. Right, okay. So Jake highlighted uh, one more. So um, let's go with that. PT. Two more actually. Two more. Okay, so what? So Jake, why don't you why don't you read what you want to hear? Well, I, I was looking over in the uh, live chat with the Ants Plus people, and Randy uh, asked if uh, we expect any uh, uh, dramatic changes throughout the set lists throughout the tour. And I think that's the big question that everybody wants to know: is will there be a dramatic change? Um, if you're, I assume that that question is kind of related to the electric sets because the electric sets have been um similar i think is a, a kind word um i would think so i would hope so I, I think that we're still in the early stages and after spac we'll know a lot more of what's going on so come next podcast we'll probably have a little better idea of what direction they're going any repeats of spac yes or no quick no I no. say no. I say no. Mm, that's asking a lot. Now Joe's going, so it's setting the bar high for him if he says yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think there will be there'll be a repeat. Okay. I, I don't think so. I I just I I would almost be disappointed if they repeated, um, just with the the set that it is and the venue that it is, which I mean I think SPAC is the most hardcore fans out there. You're going to find more hardcores at SPAC than you will at any other venue. It's a lot. It's a lot um, of songs though. Acoustic, two acoustic sets and two electric sets, no repeats. I mean, that's, that's asking I, a lot. I, I don't agree with that sentiment for the reason why. 
I would say I would say it's more about them still. I mean, it's still really early. I mean, five shows they've done. It's really early in the tour. They're finding their groove, and I that's why I don't so much mind repeats early in the tour. I know it really sucks for flow because it can really kill excitement about a tour. But um, but I I think the catalog is deep enough now where two nights back to back, even with twenty five songs a night, is no problem for this band. I'm looking kind of briefly at it. I don't know the last time they repeated without actually breaking down all the songs. So I'm sure that they've repeated it's back many times before. I don't know if they did it last year, just off the top of my head. Um, I don't know either. Let me see if I can go and check. I'm trying to that means keep talking while bit. I'll go and check. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, just it seems. I mean, SPAC is one of those venues that sort of everyone knows. Um, there's, like I was saying, there's just a, a tremendous amount of hardcore fans, and and that's something that that we talk about a lot. Um, that are like you know usually like ants users, but it's a little bit more than that. There's more than just the people that are ants at the show. I mean, even if you look at last year's uh, night two. I'm just looking at the. Um, yeah, they, I'm just looking at, at the page, and you're talking about you know almost 1,200 ants alone just at know. the spec show. Yeah, I'm not seeing a repeat here. Just really quick, clicking back and forth. I'm not seeing a repeat between the two shows. Yeah, yeah so, it, it, we, or we had an earlier question that's you know was like, hey, how come Deer Creek isn't like the Gorge or Alpine as far as you know destination locations i mean spac is a destination location there are people driving from chicago you know to go to to spac this weekend there's people coming from all over it's just as much it's just as much as people go to the gorge as a you know um a hike a pilgrimage um i think the same thing happens on the east coast for for spac and i think it's it's definitely it's for those i live in the, the midwest Jake, you live in Florida. You don't hear Dave Matthews Band on the radio. It's not as prevalent as it is in the New England area and upstate New York. And just to get that kind of crowd that knows all the songs, sing at the top of their lungs, compact in a, in a venue that everyone's up against each other, uh, just so many factors that together. It just makes it such a great experience, and I think the band feeds off of it too. Man, yeah, that, that's that's why we had two encores last last year. I mean, that's quite the strain. That's the quite the rare feat is to get uh, two on two encores. Well, and plus member here, Math Twenty Four just calls out. They've already played fifty five songs this year on tour, so they certainly could take they they could play two song two sets back to back, two shows back to back. I should say. Uh, without repeating, simply of the songs they've already played this year. So I think, I think it's pretty close to a lock. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go with the old, the old Yet Dog Stone Cold lock. You are not gonna see a repeat this weekend, Joe. And I hope for your sake you don't. A lock, a lock, right. Stone Cold lock. What if it's a new? I, I will song? call it. What about it? I, I will call it my shoe in of the week. You will not see. Oh, you mean they're week. gonna pull a new song out and play it back to back? I don't know. Well, that uh, does would, that count? I just want to know if that counts. Of course it counts. That would throw a loop for me. I would be pretty pissed off, actually. Make me look I, silly. I don't think they'd do that. <laughs> well, I like I like where your guys' heads at. Um, 
I, I'm thinking it's a lot, um, but yeah, Math 24 giving us some good stats there. 55 yeah. songs, um, that's, that makes it, um, makes it doable, especially if you hope you get a couple new tour debuts. Um, and it sounds like they haven't really repeated at um, SPAC in a while. But as Jake says, um, what happens here this weekend at SPAC for the, you know, kind of the first official two-night stand mm -hmm. will be kind of telling for the rest of the tour. I'm, I'm pretty bothered that what used to be my home venue, SPAC, is now pretty much exclusively a joe venue he's stolen it away from me on man i wonder when when i wonder when i'll have more spac appearances than you stolen away on route 50 that's joe's new song to me about <laughs> spac oh it hurts. it hurts you were the one that got me there the very first time i got joe's very first time now talk about a feather in my cap <laughs> is that the 2008 show before that wasn't it Maybe oh, not. That, maybe not. You're gonna you're gonna make me look at my um, oh. my personal tour stats and give you guys the answer. Yeah. If you ever post it on the boards, we could just click on your name and see that ourselves. But see your right there. posts are so few and far between. I just had a, a I, I just had a forum post milestone. I hit um, ten thousand posts when I posted the um, tour opening show download. And Jake, so. you're very right. January or June twentieth, two thousand eight, was Joe's first Saratoga experience. That was the the next day show. Was that epic epic show with the uh, the number forty and the dream so real and the um, the <laughs> band went out on the stage and they pranked uh, Boyd during the uh, anyone seen the bridge? Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I, I remember it like I was there and I wasn't even there. <laughs> that was the only dream so real they played all tour. Yeah, and that's a great. That was actually on the warehouse disc too. That's a great dream. So oh, real. It's so no funny to watch the, the show. Covers. The show flow from that is like love, 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 and then it just takes a dive. But that was that was a weird. That was a strange tour. That was that was a lie in our graves with the reprise and the encore. So damn lucky and thank you. I don't. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't be my favorite encore, but. Oh, yeah. I rated that show pretty high, though. That My score is very high for that show. Wow, 19. And, of course, the lone negative is Jimmy Thing. <laughs> <laughs> not surprised. Of course. At least I'm not lying to myself. Well, okay, we and got the, one more The day before that. Go ahead, Jake. Go ahead. No, no, all you. I was just going to say that the, the day before was um, one of the covers of the Rolling Stone song, Bitch, which they only did... I think like four times actually one two three four yeah four times so that's a that's a very rare appearance you'll probably never hear again i don't even considering how well that went that. over okay yeah that's that was but grave digger you got that song now yeah, looking at the show it was um i don't think i would have liked that show in hindsight but uh bayou closer of the first set that's kind of unique so yeah all right, we got one more question here, and then we'll got, we'll let all you go. Uh, from PT, Patrick Tighe, I think. Hands marching. Is there any venue in the United States the guys have not played at yet that you'd love to see them perform at? Uh, uh, and your, backyard, your backyards do not count, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> or weddings or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, 
you know what? I, I, that's a good question. I probably have to get a little bit more. Thought. There, I do have a uh, venue that I would lo- I love to see. So I'm a sucker for venues with um, with views, and uh, obviously Gorge hits that, as does Red Rocks. And um, I saw that there is a venue, music venue that um, has Mount Rushmore in the background. So it's a music venue, and then in the background is Mount Rushmore, and kind of li- light up Mount Rushmore too. And I thought that was kind of a really unique and cool place to see a show too. So that's the first one that comes to mind. I'll have to give it a little bit more thought to think, think if there's somewhere else yeah look into that I've, i have not heard of that but please do your research and, and let me know because i'm curious now too that to see what venue that is jake do you have one I, I, i'm trying to think and and try not to you know be in florida i'm just kind of thinking of different places where they haven't been um they've been bahamas kind of drawn a blank yeah you, you know i I always wonder, I have no idea if there's anybody on Ants that even lives in Alaska, but I wonder if there's anybody up there. I wonder if anybody plays any concerts in Alaska. I mean, anybody. I mean, I don't even know if they have an igloo that is large enough to hold everyone. (laughs) I I would be curious if that even is possible. I I mean, that's one state they've never played in and probably never will. Just off the top of my head, I would say initially I would say probably like, oh, it'd be cool if they played at Woodstock, but isn't that where Bethel Woods is, anyway? Yeah, it's right. Yeah, it's right next to it. I mean, you drive right by it on your on your way in. Yeah, it's not the same place where Yaz's farm was, but it's right next to it. Right, mm-hmm. and I mean, how how many states have they not played in? Right, I mean, there's got to be. Here, here's the very answer. Few left now. The answer is in the band of Greece, the Super Bowl. Oh, so so, it, it, yeah, because they wouldn't have. Well, well, that doesn't necessarily mean they would never have played at that venue. I mean, true. The, the old Giant I, I Stadium would... is gone, so so take that away. They, I mean, even if they played at the Super Bowl this year, it they that would have been at a um a new venue. Yeah, most of the Super Bowls are at new venues. Hmm, that, you're probably right, and I'm... I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen eventually. Yeah, it it really should. I mean, they, they could they could pull it off pretty easily. It'd, it'd be great if they just went up there and played one song for twenty four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you're you're certain that every, Dave's not gonna, every, Dave's not going to pull his genitals out or anything either. He's not going to pull any of that crap that some of these other artists do. I mean, it just every stereotype about the Dave Matthews band playing songs that never end would just be so perfect. Just play forty one, just twenty four minutes, and just be done. Thank you, <laughs> night everyone. That would be awesome. Yeah, sadly, I feel like the only way the DMB gets to um, the Super Bowl is if they take a hiatus, which sucks. Um, but it seems like that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of drama that the um, they want for the halftime show: somebody coming back, returning back to a tour, and then they always got to have some kind of guest some guest performer you know sit in with the the band so i don't know who that would be in dmb's case but sadly i feel like that might be the only way that they ever get to um get to make the uh, super bowl and i feel that some of these venues that we might come up with they probably have played on their way up the ladder essentially smaller venues right you'd probably think the smaller venue i wish they play here and chances are they might have played there as they were you know um, getting more and more popular. I would like to see them at the Utica Memorial Auditorium. How about that in Utica, New York? Now, hey, hey, you asked a question. I gave an answer. What can I say? I can't be. I, I can definitely be. Didn't they play in Utica? They played at Stanley Theater in Utica. 
And that was Dave and Tim. That's what you would oh, pick. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got nothing, man. I, I, I that's what you would pick. I, I'm thinking of like, I mean, that would be sweet if it was like oh, the Grand Canyon. Well, chances or... are if, if I was well, at a venue though, right? I'm sure they can make a venue. Make, but there's not one that exists right now. That's my point. Anywhere I'd like to see him play means I would have had to be there to experience the venue. And if I was at the venue, I probably was there already to see the band, which makes that a not valid answer for this question. So well, I've seen the band over 60 times, and I've probably seen 90 concerts in my life. And most of the other concerts I've seen, the band has played there. I saw, Kate, I saw uh, uh, Bella and Cake at Cornell University. Uh, I wouldn't call that a great venue. It was a gymnasium. So... Mm-hmm. the band has played at the most beautiful places I've ever been to in the country. Let's put it that way. So it's a tough question for me to answer. Mm. Hey, hey, I saw the Go-Go's in Dothan, Alabama. It doesn't get any better than that, let me tell you. Yeehaw. I have to say, it uh, was tough. it's tough to top Central Park, too. And you got your answer in already. Well, they already played Central Park, I'm saying. It's tough to uh, oh. tough well, to think of a, a, cool, a cooler place to play than Central Park. That's true. That's true. Well, if anybody else doesn't have anything, I'm going to do a quick exit because last time I apparently had the longest goodbye ever and I didn't hear the end of it for a while from Jake and Joe. No, apparently I I thought I also got crap about it too. You both did because you both wouldn't shut up. That's besides the point. We're not here to fight and relive the past. We're here to be in the future, in the now. (laughs) Says the guy who took more abuse last week than I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) How, how, any bruises there, Jake? See, you're stretching it out already. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess if that's all, then uh, then we're going to say goodbye for uh, another episode of the AntsMarching.org podcast. Find us on Twitter at AntsMarching. Find us on Facebook. Find us on uh, Instagram at AntsMarching.org. I'm Matt. That's Joe. That's Jake. Thanks very much for uh, listening to another episode. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB. We'll see you all in a few minutes. Thank you very much. I hope you have a nice time.